Welcome to episode nine of the Inbound Sales Journey. I am your host, Ryan Herman. I'm joined by Gray McKenzie. And today we are going to be talking about how to keep some of your prospects from slipping through the cracks. Um, so talking about some systems that you can have in place for your agency uh, to make that process more efficient and to make sure that your follow-up is always consistent. Uh, in the last episode, we talked about using uh, outbound as a way to generate some leads for your agency, especially in the beginning or as you're making a transition uh, into a new vertical. So if you're interested in that, go and check that out. Um, but for today, we're going to be talking about improving your sales process to make sure that you have some some more consistent follow-up. Gray, how are you doing today? I am doing well, Ryan. I'm excited to be podcasting with you. Cool. Awesome. So Gray, uh, you had the agency for, uh, four years before I came back and we kind of looked at this issue together, but can you fill people in on whether or not this was an issue for you? It's something that I've heard a lot of agency owners talk about, um, being an issue for them, uh, just that their, their follow-up isn't that consistent and a lead might come in, they might reach out to them once, even have a good conversation with them. And then all of a sudden never hear from them again and realize three weeks later, shoot, I forgot to follow up with that person. Was that something that you guys experienced? Oh yeah, just a little bit. Just kidding, a ton. Oh man, we are, uh, yeah, we're not, we were not good at that. Um, we're good at that. Historically, I'd say we've been good at that when we've needed sales. And what what has hurt us is just like we're building uh, our first organization, Guava Box. Um, Andrew and I building this company from scratch with not a lot of structure. So we're learning all this stuff as we're going through things. And I've talked before a little bit about the stair-step approach to growth, I think, and we can dive into that too. But we were good at this when we needed sales, and then when we were overwhelmed with work, someone an inbound lead would come in. Um, and we, you know, we were fortunate to be generating a lot of inbound leads, but we were also initiating a lot of conversations and then leaving a lot of the burden on the prospect to continue to follow up. You know, you send one response email. I don't think it was ever the case that we were just not getting back to people, but you get back to people and then just never follow up from there. And they, you know, you see a lot of folks just kind of drop off um, in terms of communication. Gotcha. So I'm imagining that like when you guys had an inbound lead come in, was there any sort of like system in place to follow up continually with them? Or was it mostly just if someone specifically reached out to you, you would get back to them, but even that might peter out over time if they're not as engaged as you were hoping? Yeah, there wasn't much of a system in place. We played around with a bunch of different CRMs. And we so we were using, uh, I think that Podio was one of the, we spun up our own CRM inside of Podio after playing around with a couple other tools. But I've mentioned before some of the platforms that we use, Nimble, uh, high rise. We use base. Base was our most recent one prior to switching over to the HubSpot CRM. We used Pipe Drive. Um, there's a couple others that are just uh, I'm not remembering right now, but I'm pretty sure there were two or three other ones that we used uh, throughout the time as well. Oh, we messed around with Salesforce for a little while and then decided this is just more than uh, we needed. But um, yeah, there wasn't much of a system in place inside that tool. Hopefully, we were creating follow up tasks. But those tasks sometimes either didn't get assigned in the first place, or didn't um, you know didn't actually follow up with them. And I'd say that the biggest reason for that, uh, I'd blame it on three things. Number one is just uh, us not being good at actually using that system ourselves. So that may, might be more of a personality thing. Uh, number two, I'd put a little bit of it 
on the system itself not being very conducive to uh, you know to keeping our attention. But I'd really put a lot of that blame on the accountability that was in place. There wasn't a lot of accountability for like you always have to create a task, and when you've created a task, you always have to complete a task. And so I think that hurt us, especially in the first two, probably two and a half years of Guava Box. When you say the system that's in place, are you talking specifically about like the CRM itself or the, the lack of a system that you built around the CRM? Yeah, I was putting that more on the CRM itself because there really was like the system around that was there wasn't a whole lot there. It was largely uh, non-existent. So uh, the CRM itself. So with Podio, you need know, to sign a task, but you never get an email notification. And unless you click into the tool three times, you don't find your tasks that are listed in there uh, with the system that we had built. So that's not very conducive to going back and taking care of your tasks on a daily basis. Right. So it sounds like you guys used on maybe in the ballpark of five to 10 different CRMs, you know, that you were trying out. Was there, is there a reason that you tried so many? Was there something that was like some key aspect that you were hoping that one of these would have for you or that just like it would just start, it would kind of click and start working or what were you guys looking for as you were going through all these different CRMs? Well, I, I think it's the classic mistake of blaming our failure to execute on the tools that we were using instead of our lack of a, you know, a process for how we're going to use the tools that we do have. So I think Podio was the first one. We weren't aware of a lot of other good tools. We were using Podio for a lot of project management and other stuff at that point with apps that we built ourselves. And so we built it in there. Nimble had a social aspect to it that was pretty strong. And they were one of the first uh, CRMs that really had a strong social component where they pulled in folks' social profiles and messages and that kind of stuff. So uh, we switched to that. We went through a period of using Basecamp for project management. That was where we migrated. That was what we migrated to after using Podio, and so HiRise um, worked pretty well with that since they're you know from the same both Thirty Seven Signals products at that point in time. So we made the switch there. PipeDrive had a strong HubSpot integration, so it was constantly uh, in search of. It's funny that the HubSpot CRM has it's by far the best tool that we've used to this point. Um, but it's also it's a comb- the success that we've had in the last uh, two years is partially due to the tools, partially due to the system, um, and partially due to just experience and you know improved accountability, uh, which is kind of baked into the system there. But always in the hunt of making the process more efficient and more easy, so bi-directional sync between the, what's going on in the CRM and what's happening inside HubSpot was a huge issue that we struggled with. And obviously now that's no longer an issue because we're working from the same database with HubSpot CRM. But those are, that's kind of what prompted the continuous uh, evolution and, and continual kind of churning through the tools that we were trying out. Now, when you guys came and found the HubSpot CRM, or I guess it, it kind of found you because you guys were at the, the conference when they announced it, was it kind of like that light bulb moment where it was like, this is, this is what we need? Or was it kind of like, at this point, we've tried so many tools, we're just going to commit to this and build a system around it? What, what was that process like? Yeah, well, our sales process had improved significantly kind of in the year prior to coming on the HubSpot sales system. And we started using PipeDrive and just tracking a lot of things and having more accountability around sales, like building out the beginnings of our system uh, during 
during that year prior. And then and it was kind of inevitable that, that a CRM was coming at inbound 2013 at the conference. We were hoping that they were going to announce it. And at that point, um, we had not been, you know, we weren't included in the group of HubSpot partners who gets early access to what's coming out ahead of time. So then throughout the next, you know, throughout the year following that, we had switched early on from Pipedrive to Base. And Base was actually working really well. It's a it's a very solid CRM, and they're moving pretty quickly with uh, with the product. And that was by far the best one. We were doing a lot of phone uh, phone calls at that point, and the ability to call and record calls from right inside the CRM was uh, just simplified a lot of things for us. So that's where the system started to improve. And then when uh, you know when we HubSpot officially announced, there were a lot of things leading up to it that made it clear this was the direction they were heading in. And then, uh, you know, when we found out a couple months prior to inbound that it was coming, we started using it and beta testing it uh, for a while. We'd been using Sidekick. And then obviously at inbound when they announced it, um, we'd already adopted it at that point and had been using it for uh, for some time. So it was just kind of a no-brainer. Like even if the product right now in when HubSpot initially launched it in beta, it wasn't at the level that base was, but it was inevitable that because we're working off the same database, this is going to be a superior tool for our specific situation because we are um, HubSpot users and heavy HubSpot users. This is clearly going to be the winning tool in the long run for our specific situation. So that's why we switched over to HubSpot right away and then started building our entire system and templates and processes around that CRM. Right. So, excuse me. So as some agency owners who are listening to this, you know, maybe this is an issue for them uh, and they don't have, you know, the system built out and and they know that they're kind of losing some leads. What is maybe some practical advice that you can give to them? Uh, Is it just commit to whatever it is that you're using? Is there something specific that they should try, whether it's a different CRM or methodology or or what kind of helped turn that around for you guys? Yeah, I'd say the two things. So we've already talked about the CRM a little bit, but having uh, picking a platform for making sure the tasks get completed and having everyone um, on board with that is huge. And I think having that task system tied into the CRM is is critical. So hopefully the CRM that you're using right now, and I know that a lot of people listening to this are going to be using the HubSpot CRM. Obviously, it's built in there, um, but hopefully there's a strong task assigning and completion functionality inside that. I think that the big, I mentioned lack of accountability is a huge reason for why we struggled and putting ownership on specific people to make sure they're staying on top of not letting things fall through the crack and measuring that and paying attention to that is really important. So when we started Guavabox, I think that a lot of people don't know this, but when we started, our model was in some ways at the very beginning, almost like a loose, the vision wasn't to just be a network of contractors, but but part of the way that things were set up organizationally was almost like it was a network of contractors where we were all kind of, and we assigned out some roles early on, but everyone was doing a bunch of the different pieces. We didn't really segment who's doing what. And at that point, we didn't necessarily know who's going to be good and bad at what. So at the very beginning, you know, the four of us who founded GuavaBox at the, at the very beginning, um, we were all doing sales. We were all doing delivery. We were all doing marketing, all doing everything. And it was just a lot of individual effort to close a sale. There wasn't a lot of team selling at that point in time. And 
and there wasn't anybody who, because of a very flat organization and almost like that contractor network, there wasn't anybody who then went back to someone else and said, hey, you have not followed up with these three people or nobody else really checked back to see that uh, that we were staying on top of stuff. So I think that hurt us. And so I would just encourage people to put ownership on specific people and measure um, measure that and figure out what works and what doesn't work. The other thing is, Ryan, and I want to ask you a question here in a second about how you have uh, changed and improved, and improved our process at Guava Box since you came on board and have largely eliminated the problem that we've had with follow-up. Um, but figuring out how many follow-ups is appropriate. So we, I, you know, we, we, I don't want to say that we weren't successful. Obviously we had a lot of growth and had a lot of success early on, but just a lot of good leads, you know, went dark and we didn't do much to follow up with an awful lot of people. If you look back through, um, the CRM and the, and the contact data over, you know, over the last four or five years. So we were, um, it, it was traditionally just a one follow-up, possibly two follow-ups. Like you shoot him a call to answer a question, you shoot him an email, and then we would drop the ball. But I don't want to say to other people you need to follow up a dozen times when someone doesn't respond to you. At some point you need to figure out when do we let them drop. And so maybe you can speak to that, Ryan, what you found to be effective and just how you've tested how many follow-ups is appropriate um, with somebody and yeah. how do you continue to go there. And then also just just hit on our process and uh, how you've changed that to uh, to help alleviate this problem. Sure. Well, let me start with the follow-ups first. So I made a mistake when I first came in, and I was just really eager to close some deals. So I looked at this huge da- database with like thousands of names, and I was like, man, you guys haven't followed up with most of these people. This is perfect. I'm going to go through, and I'm going to create my emails, and I'm going to send everyone all this stuff and make some phone calls, and it's going to be great. And then I realized not everyone is going to be a good fit. And, you know, there are just some leads that are going to come through that aren't going to be worth the time. So I was spending all this time trying to follow up, you know, eight to 10 times with every single person in the CRM and and then realizing, man, that was like a colossal waste of time. So what I did is I think that really the one thing that helped me was as I continued to understand our business better and continue to understand and talking with you guys, okay, who is our best fit prospect? So is there a specific industry that we're targeting? Is it, you know, this, is it that? And like some just really basic practical things that I looked at is I would go in the CRM, I would look at their name. If it was like, you know, XSD at gmail.com, you know, that someone who clearly didn't want to give any information, I wouldn't spend... 10 minutes trying to go through a series of follow-ups with them over the course of even a couple of days because it's just not worth it at that point. But anyone who I felt was a solid lead and I would go and click on their name, it was their business email, it was a business that kind of fit where we're at um, in, in the with the services that we provide, that is a person that I would dedicate a lot more time to. And I'm kind of like in the 8 to 10 follow-ups and that's a variety of phone calls and and emails gray so anytime i would always try to start with a phone call uh if the phone call went to voicemail right after that i would send an email as well so that would be like the system i had and then i'd create a task instantly to follow up again in two to three days so i'm in like the eight to ten if it's a really good prospect range and at some point like if they're not getting back to you after eight to ten outreaches, they, they probably don't want to talk. And I would make that last one clear 
like this is the last time you're going to hear from me. So if you are remotely interested in what I have to say in helping your business with X, you know, and through the whole thing, trying to just provide them value, not just like, hey, you really should talk to me because I'm a salesperson because that never works, obviously. But if if they at that point after that last, you know, breakup email or phone call or voicemail, if they're not getting back to me, like I would just let it go. And like that's a horrible thing as a salesperson, especially if you feel like they're going to be a good fit. But if like at some point you just can't keep spending all your time, you need to move on to the next group of people. But for me, when I came in, speaking to the second part of your question, um, my big thing was how do we make sure, and from talking with you guys, one of the biggest things that you struggled with was follow-up and people just kind of dropping off the face of the earth. So that was like my first mission. What do I do to create a system where that won't be an issue? And I was new to the HubSpot CRM at the time. I came from a different CRM called Pivotal, which was like, I don't know, built in the 80s. Like it was horrible. So when I got got inside and saw the HubSpot CRM, I was like, I can work with this. This is great. So building a a, a solid follow-up system in the CRM, primarily using tasks and then batching those tasks together, what I would do is I would say, okay, I need like just a prospecting block where what I do is I do outreach. And the most efficient way to do that is not to randomly throughout my day send emails or make phone calls, but it's to block off two hours of time on my calendar, already have a list predetermined of who I'm going to reach out to, and then just hit that list. And I would uh, stagger it. So one day I might send 60 emails and the next day I might send 60 emails and the next day, and they would go through these, these series of bashes. So that's that one through eight. If I'm reaching out eight times, it's maybe a two to three day split between each outreach, but I'm not going to do 400 emails in one day and then 400 emails, you know, on, on Monday and then Wednesday and then Friday because otherwise I'd be spending five hours, you know, of that day doing that. So I would segment it. So every day I had a prospecting block um, where that would be a large part of my focus. And through this system of tasks that we have set up, anytime I would ever have any form of outreach or communication with a prospect, I would always create a a task that made sense for the next form of follow-up what that task is and when it should be. And what I did is created a series of basho emails and templated. So I had I just have codes that I would easily input, you know, code words with numbers to know where they're at in the process to make it even more efficient. So now I know, okay, there's not a single prospect that is on this list that is that is falling through the cracks because I have a task assigned for every single one and I can see all my tasks right here. And the follow-up was always completely consistent. And the results that we saw from from that consistency, you know, was obviously a lot different than when you try to reach out to someone once or twice, they fall off. You know, people just get busy. They need they need you to stay on them a little bit. And that was really my goal. So that was kind of a long-winded answer, Gray, but that's that was my focus when I first came in. Good stuff, Ryan. I think there's a lot of good tips in there um, about not just batching everything. Um you don't want to send every single one of your emails at the same time. And one of the things, Ryan, that I know that you've done well is testing what works and what doesn't work and figuring out like just generally what times work specifically for us and specifically for these verticals or people in these positions. And I think that there's an awful lot that you can do to continue testing stuff and just continuing to improve the process that you have, obviously in every area of your business, but especially in the sales process because that's going to directly impact your bottom line. Yep, absolutely. 
Cool. Well, let's wrap up this episode. Thanks for joining us here for episode number nine of Inbound Sales Journey. It has been a fun podcast to uh, to put together so far. Ryan, good work, and um, this is this has been a good experience, and it's been cool to see the response and where other folks are at as they're trying to figure out their sales processes and, and improve them. Um, so, if you have any specific questions about this episode or ideas for future episodes, um, feedback. For how the podcast is going so far, shoot us an email, gray at doinbound.com or ryan at doinbound.com. And you're also welcome to hit us up on Twitter. Ryan is at Ryan R. Herman. I'm at S. Gray McKenzie. And we will talk to you soon here in episode number 10, where we're going to talk about how to track those sales outreach efforts that uh, that your team is is doing right now. All right. Thanks for joining us. And we'll talk to you soon.